wanted us to do that? I know. In our, planning meeting, in our planning meeting, we actually talked about doing that. I would be dead right here, right here, just out. <laughs> hey, everyone. I'm Becky Klazuski, and normally at MFM, you'll find me at Wednesday mornings and Thursday morning Bible studies. And I'm Karen McCudden, and if you would be here on a Monday night or a Thursday morning at River Glen Pewaukee location, that's where you will find me. We are just so excited that you're here. We want to welcome each one of you that are Yay, here tonight. Yes, good job. As well as those that will be watching online. How exciting is that? And we just want to let you know that we are so excited to spend this special evening with you. How many of you would agree that 2020 has just been crazy? Right? That's a, that's a nice way of putting it, Karen. Yeah, very yeah. nice way. It was, it's different. <laughs> but you know what? The one word I keep hearing over and over and over is essential. 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 Yeah. essential. Everything is essential nowadays. Well, the good thing is tonight we're going to hear about why Christmas is essential. Absolutely. Christmas yes. is essential. Yes. And it's going to be so fun. And we're going to have a great message from Margo, very timely for this time, for this essential time. And uh, also we're going to do some singing, maybe some dancing, maybe we'll act that out, maybe we won't. Um, but either way, it's going to be a great night. And typically when we have this event, we have over a thousand women. So you are very specially received this evening, and thank you so much for coming. And we were going to have a Christian uh, artist by the name of Hannah Kerr with us this evening. And we still are. It's just going to be a little bit different. So you're going to enjoy worship with Hannah and her husband, Jason, and I think you're really going to be blessed by it. So how should we get this going? I think we should hear from kids who could really tell us what Christmas is about. Could you roll tape, please? An angel came to see me. Mary, she was doing laundry, and then the angel just appeared, and she was really scared. So Gabriel was like, Mary, you're going to have, like, I can't say good. Mary, you're going to have a baby. I, you're going to have a baby, and you will call him Jesus. And then Mary was like, I'm not going to have a baby yet. I'm only a teenager. I'm not married. Joseph, that Mary is not lying. She, you are having a new baby. And so they met up. They went to Bethlehem, which was Joseph's old town. They ride a donkey. Uh, <laughs> a camel. Oh yeah, a camel. She said, "This donkey's fast." Well, they tried to go to a hotel, and they asked the keeper, um for a place to stay, the keeper said, we have no rooms, literally no rooms. So Mary and Joseph walked away sadly, but then he said, the only place in here in Bethlehem that, that you can stay, stay is a staple, and then he just pointed the way and they followed. <laughs> when the shepherds were taking care of the sheep, and then they saw angels. The angels said, a new baby is get, getting born who is king of the Jews. The angel were singing. Glorious. And then the shepherds said, I think we should go there and meet him. The second, I think, said, yeah, I agree with you. And the other said, yeah, me too. They had to walk through a bunch of grass and bushes, maybe have to camp out a night. 
then the lion heard about it, and then a star appeared. We should probably follow that star. It's pointing down to the barn. So maybe we should follow it. Maybe. So the wise men went to Jesus. They gave them gifts. A stuffed animal, like a hippo one, to have at home. Some diapers, and some wipes, and some milk, some shoes, some Jordans. Gold ring and Latimer. And I don't know how I would survive in that barn. Too stinky, too crowded, and ugh. I think he probably pooped because the room was very smelly. Thank you for coming. He's adorable. He's gonna be our best friend. I love you, and you're the best baby I ever seen. There, I said it. <laughs> the new baby is gonna change the world. Donkey is fast. I just well, and, and look at how fast Mary got pregnant. Like you, like you, Karen. Four times. There you go. Just that didn't happen for me. And I like that they're on the way to Bethlehem. Ham, 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 ham. But you know what the favorite part for me was? What's that? The kings and yeah. the gifts. Practical gifts, of course, right? Yeah. Diapers, yeah. Oh, stuffed animal, a, a stuffed animal, purple hippo, of yeah, course, yeah. and wipes and milk and shoes. What kind? Air Jordans. Air Jordans, of course. That's essential. Essential. Yeah. And then the yeah. last kid, he had it perfect: gold, Frankenstein, <laughs> and myrrh. <laughs> Boy, those kids really know how to give, don't they? They sure do. And you know what they said? They said that they knew that that new baby was going to change the world.
guys are rocking it tonight. I've been watching you guys. Excellent. I'm thrilled you guys are here. Uh, I'm so thrilled that we're able to have a central Christmas. Aren't you? Yeah. Okay, aren't you? Yeah. Okay, much, much better, much better. Uh, God showed up. God showed up. Luke 2 says what? And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto them, and the glory of the Lord showed round about them, and they were sore afraid. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy, great tidings of great joy, which will be to all people, because today in the town of David a Savior is born to you, to you, to you, the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. Luke 2, the Christmas story. Essential, absolutely essential. God's answer to the world has never been more stuff. It's never been more stuff. He gave himself. God showed up. He showed up that first Christmas night in human form, which would be essential. Essential means completely necessary. Essential means indispensable. He was essential for our salvation. For the complete forgiveness of the past, present, and future sin. The God-man. The God-man Jesus, born to die so you and I might live. That is essential Christmas. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, tonight we come to you and we know that you're the author and the perfecter of our faith. We know that you stepped out of eternity and into time to come in human flesh for one purpose only, to die, to save the world. And so, Lord, I ask that you would speak. I ask that you would still our hearts. I ask that we would hear from you very different this year, very different, more intimately that we would um, stop and remember the old, old story, but it's all new. It's all new to us because it's absolutely essential. And so, Jesus, I ask that the Holy Spirit would speak in and through me, General, and take it. Take your message. Take your word, which is living and active, to each of our hearts. Encourage us. Convict us. Whatever we need tonight, maybe we need peace, God. Be that. And so we give you this night. We give you this night. We thank you that uh, we are here at Whitestone. We thank you for their incredible partnership. We thank you for all of those who have helped. And I thank you for all of those who resolved to be here. And so, Lord, we're going to ask that you speak because we are listening. And everybody said? Amen. Pitiful. Everybody said? Amen. Much better, much better. Okay. So 
Let's talk about what is absolutely essential for you and for me to survive on this earth. What's absolutely essential for you and me to survive on this earth? Well, food, water, air, one more. Shelter, excellent, good job guys. Food, right, water, air, and shelter, okay? If any of these basic essential needs are not met, you and I could not survive. Now, there are seven characteristics of the earth which are essential to support life here on earth. All right? One of them is the distance from the sun. If we're just a little closer, we burn up. If we're just a little further away, we freeze to death. A light. The earth's atmosphere. The ozone layer. The favorable climactic condition on earth water, and then the Earth's gravitational pull. Like, for instance, you're seated and you're not floating. I'm standing and I'm not floating. Remember, the Earth is round, okay? If we didn't have the Earth's gravitational pull, we would all be floating in space. Creator God knew this perfectly. He planned it perfectly, okay? When he spoke the world into being, Genesis says. He foreknew those four life survival needs, and he foreknew the seven characteristics that would be essential. Essential, completely necessary, indispensable to support life. Then I was reading a couple books and surveys about like what people think it is, like the essential, what am I trying to say, the essential keys to human happiness. Okay, and so the same four themes kept arising. They kept emerging, and they were this. One, to be, to love, right? To love and then to be loved. So relationship, to love and to be loved. The next one they said was to have some type of interesting or challenging work, like you are, you're giving something to society. The third one was financial independence would make everyone happy. And the last one was Good health. Good health. Now, um, when I was a little girl, I remember it just like it was yesterday. Just like it was yesterday. What I needed to be happy at Christmas. And it had nothing to do with those four essential keys I just said to human happiness. Okay, let me explain. I've always grown up in northern states. Okay, I was born in New Jersey. And then we moved to Philadelphia, and then I moved to uh, Madison, Wisconsin. Then I went to college in Wisconsin, and then on to our present home here in Oconomowoc. And so um, when December would roll around, this was essential for me. Snow. It was essential. Okay, snow was essential for me to have a happy Christmas. Okay, I mean... It wasn't Christmas if the magic little flakes were not coming down and, and sprinkling all on the tree limbs and, right, growing inch by inch by inch. It wasn't, okay? I wanted to see the whole world around me painted in white and not in gray. I wanted to be able to go sledding. I wanted to be able to go downhill skiing. I wanted to be able to make angels in the snow, right? I wanted to be able to make snowmen, okay? I wanted to... 
and joy, I wanted to play with my dogs, cut the pie. Do you ever cut the pie? Oh, I mean, snow was everything to me then. Now, there was something else that was very essential, and it was this toy. Very, very important. Very important. When I was a kid, I wanted the super-duper service gas station that my boyfriend in first grade, Bobby Davidson, had. And I did not have it. And I wanted the super-duper. Who wanted a super-duper service gas station? Wait, was it only men that wanted it? Okay, you guys, I'm telling you, I wanted this, okay? Okay, Bobby had this. If you notice, it has the car elevator and the ramp, right? that the cars come down, okay? And I could imagine, like, all the little service station attendants going around and, you know, doing all the little service stuff, which, by the way, doesn't exist anymore, right? Right? Okay, and so um, when, it would all, when it would all be done, right, then the cars would zoom down the ramp to the happy car owner, that would be me. That would be me, okay? So I imagine, like, it would be tons of fun to have my own, okay? Because, you know, when you play with another kid, they get to do what they want to do, and then you do the other stuff, right? Okay, so I never got to really do the ramp and the elevator. I just sort of got to do the little service station people, right? Okay, so that super-duper gas station was essential for a happy Christmas for me, okay? I wanted that toy so badly, literally. I would talk about it, I would dream about it. I didn't care if there were any other gifts under the tree, that was it, okay? Let's fast forward. So Christmas morning comes, right? I come zooming down the steps, and I found other gifts underneath the tree. I found my Betsy Wetsy doll. <laughs> Betsy Wetsy doll. This doll you actually would feed, and then you put diapers on it, seriously, and the doll would wet. And then you would change the diapers. How many remember Betsy Wetsy? Okay, Betsy, Betsy Wetsy doll, okay? So there she was. Okay, then I got my porcelain ballerina doll that could only, like, sit on a shelf and look pretty, but very, very nice, okay? Then I got one of those large, riding, spring-loaded, rocking horses. You know what I mean? Like, you could do this with it. You could do this with it. In fact, Becca, who's here tonight, our oldest, she would never get off hers. Hers was pink and purple, and this is, I mean, inside, outside. I mean, I thought for sure she was going to, like, and then, of course, what happens? We have to get a real horse, okay? So, so I loved this. I wanted to absolutely, uh, I, I love that I got this. I also got a xylophone. Do you guys remember a xylophone? Like, ding, 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 okay, xylophone, okay? And always, tradition, new flannel jammies. And this had, like, black and white skin. Scotties on it, you know what I mean? The little dog Scotties with red, and then I got a matching hat with it. Are you serious? Okay, it was great. But no super duper gas station service set with the ramp and the elevator. None. And it wasn't the same because I didn't get all I wanted. Not even any snow, which are both essential for me to have a happy Christmas. But thankfully, there's another Christmas that's way more important. That very first Christmas night that we just read in Luke 2, when God gave his one and only son for you and me, when our heavenly father sent Jesus to earth, he gave us all we ever need in the person of Jesus Christ. He gave us all we ever need in the person of Jesus Christ. 
He satisfies our innermost hopes. He satisfies our innermost dreams and our yearnings. And this wonderful truth is echoed throughout the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, which means what? Basic instructions before leaving earth, right? For instance, in 2 Corinthians 1.20, it says, no matter how many promises God has made, they are all what? Yes. They are all yes in Christ. They're all fulfilled in Christ. They're all yes in Jesus Christ. Philippians 4.19 says, My God will supply all your needs. That means all your yearnings, all your needs, okay, according to his riches in who? In Christ Jesus. My God will supply all your yearnings, all your needs, according to what? His riches in the person of Jesus Christ. Then look at Romans 8.32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Read it again. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for who? For us. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Jesus is indeed all we need for essential Christmas because Jesus is the only one who's going to satisfy all your yearnings. He's the only one who's going to satisfy all your hopes. He's the only one that's going to satisfy all your dreams. And when it comes down to it, we just need two things. Just two things. And it's not the white stuff on Christmas, and it's not my super-duper service station, right? Gas station, right? It's not. And especially during this unprecedented pandemic Christmas time, as we socially distance, as we wear our masks, as we refrain from the great big Christmas hugs, you and I need help with two things. Dealing with life and dealing with death. That's pretty much it. Dealing with life and dealing with death. Living this life on our own can be very hard. We need each other. Think about how old your kiddos were when they started asking you, hey, mom, can Kate come and spend the night? That was Tori, our youngest, who's 21 now. She was four when she asked that. Or how teens can be easily obsessed with finding the one person, the one guy who will make them feel complete. I remember our oldest, Becca, was a sophomore in high school when she was challenged with that. And how adults... Well, we love, what do we do? We love to be together. Like right now, especially women, we are so relational, okay? And, and that relational need doesn't go away. It doesn't go away when we get closer to graduation day, even as a senior citizen. Think about the situation right now. Think of those precious elderly in nursing homes and assisted living that are desperately missing family contact due to COVID and how they're suffering from broken hearts. We need one another. 
You and I were not made to be lone rangers. We are made for fellowship. We are designed to withstand almost anything in life if we know we're not alone. We need friendships. But the truth is, the truth is this, even the best of friends, the best of friends cannot satisfy your yearning for the ultimate friendship. They can't be around all the time. Lifelong friends, they move away or they move to heaven. They can't always comprehend what you're going through. And sadly, sometimes they don't prove dependable. See, the fact is, is that we all need, we all yearn for something more relationally. What we all really need is what the first humans lost because of their sin. Adam and Eve. What they lost because of their sin. We want, we need a relationship with the creator. It's essential. It's absolutely essential. We're made for that. I mean, think of it. Adam and Eve were so close to God prior to the fall that they walked with him in the garden in the cool of the day. That's how close they were. You and I want that intimacy. We long to be so close to God that we walk through our day-to-day -day life with him. We hunger to talk with him and get his wisdom and get his guidance, right? And, and have him make the decisions and we can listen to him and we want to follow him. But we're weak. We're weak and we absolutely need his power. We need the Holy Spirit power to live life right. Another reason that that first Christmas was essential We wouldn't have the Holy Spirit without Jesus. Without Jesus coming in the flesh. Coming to his crib. Going to his cross. Being raised from the dead. His resurrection. His ascension back to heaven. So that he could send us another comforter. Counselor. The Holy Spirit. That when we ask Jesus to come and live in us because we believe what he did on that cross, he did personally for us to forgive our past, present, and future sin, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in us, God in us. We want his abiding presence, and that's the Holy Spirit that lives in us, the abiding presence. Why? To deal with fears, to walk through this life, this fallen world life. Fears have escalated in 2020. Let me talk about that a bit. There are three kinds of fears that we deal with. The everyday fears, they're called pestering fears. Pestering fears, sort of like annoyance, like little peas in your shoes. The pestering fears, like, like uh, you're having all your family over in this list and you're thinking, okay, making this new and everything. Well, I wonder if Christmas dinner is going to turn out all right. That's a pestering fear. Or, I wonder if my family will ever even be able to get together on Christmas. That's a pestering fear. Or, hmm, 
my truck isn't sounding the best. I wonder what's wrong. Um, I hope I don't have to have a major repair. That's a pestering fear. Then there are those pressing fears. It goes from pestering to pressing fears. These are fears that are not so easily managed or shelved like the pestering fears are. I'll give you some examples. The economic and election volatile news time here, right? Um, and you're listening to it and you think, well, my retirement funds might disappear overnight. Or rumors have spread that there's a massive layoff in your company and you're going to be amongst that. Or your doctor tells you, I want to see you again for more tests because something doesn't look quite right. Or your relationship with your husband begins to show strain. There's more arguments. And you fear your marriage is going to end as another statistic. Or when will COVID go away for good? When will it go away for good? Will it touch me? Will it touch my loved ones? Those are pressing fears. Then there's the paralyzing fear. The paralyzing fear. That's that gut-wrenching, panic-producing kind of fear. The fear that makes you feel like you're about to lose it. See, we all deal with fears every single day, whether they're pestering, whether they're pressing, or whether they are paralyzing. And any form of fear is easier to handle if we don't have to deal with it alone, if we don't have to walk through it alone. The only presence, the only presence, the only relationship that will calm all of our fears is found in Jesus Christ, period. See, the person who tells us what to do and empowers us to do so is our creator, our heavenly father, and we long to be in relationship with him. We long to be in relationship with him. And the only way we can is through Jesus Christ. John 14, 6 says, and Jesus is speaking, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. Nobody can come to the Father except through me. And we long to be in a relationship with our creator. And if we're honest, we have to say that this relationship is the one thing that is essential. It's the one thing that is essential, not only at Christmas, but every single day on this old earth and beyond. In spite of thousands of years of medical knowledge, guess what? You and I still die. We all still die. We've learned that no matter how well you take care of ourselves, in fact, today was my... Um, my annual physical, and uh, he went through all kinds of stuff and everything. He goes, wow, Margo, you just keep getting better and better. I'm like, well, that's good, because you know what? My body's wasting away on the outside, but I'm being renewed day by day in the inside, right? Because what's happening is, even though you're taking care of your, yourself, what is happening? There's an unstoppable invading army called death, and death comes for all of us. We've heard a lot about it with COVID, haven't we? It comes 
to all of us. And we all want, we all need a way to defeat death. Just think of this sobering thought right now. This very well could be the last Christmas for some of us in this room. This very well could be the last Christmas for some of us in this room. Every Christmas is the last Christmas for someone. My mom's was Christmas 2004. My dad's was Christmas 1982. My friend Barb, her last Christmas was 2007. And our sweet Diana Rathman that we have at Diana Rathman Memorial Fund because she loved retreats so much was just last year, 2019. I'm sure you might be tearing up right now with me as you're recalling a loved one's last Christmas. Every single person ever born shows that Hebrews 9.27 is true when it says, Every man is destined to die. Everyone is destined to die. And Romans 5.12 tells us why. Why this always happens. It says, sin entered the world through one man, through Adam. And death through sin. And in this way, death came to all of us because all sinned. Because all sinned. So death comes for us all. And instinctively, we hate the finality of that fact. You know why we do? Because Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, God has set eternity, he has set eternity in the hearts of men. He has placed eternity in us, okay? This is why we hate death and we yearn for more than this life. We yearn for more than that. C.S. Lewis says this, the fact that our heart yearns for something earth cannot supply is proof that heaven must be our home. Let me read it again. The fact that our heart yearns for something earth cannot supply is proof that heaven must be our home. And like the rich young ruler, right? He, he's like, we all want to know the answer to the question. Well, what must I do to have eternal life? He asked Jesus in Mark 10. Because we want to defeat death. We want to live forever. Because we have eternity placed in our hearts by our creator. So what do we all need? What is absolutely essential? We all need help with dealing with this life, and we all need help with a way to defeat death. Two things. And the astoundingly good news is that when God gave us Jesus, he was satisfying both of those needs, here and there. And the reason we celebrate the birth of the baby in the manger in Bethlehem is because he is indeed all we need for Christmas. That's essential Christmas. See, Jesus came 
to take away our yuck, our sin. He came to remove the barrier that exists between us and our creator God, holy God. So our relationship with our creator can be restored. But that only happens through Jesus Christ. In Ephesians 2, he says, Jesus is our peace. He has destroyed the barrier between us and God. For through him, we now have access to the Father. He's destroyed the barrier between us and God. Because of Jesus, because of the birth of Emmanuel, God is with us. He showed up. He showed up. We never have to face fear alone again, ever, ever, ever. We're never without God's wisdom. We're never without God's guidance. We no longer have to struggle through our life on this earth. And in a relationship with Jesus, we never have to fear death. He was born to die in our place, born to die our death. There should have been a hallelujah there. Okay? Born to die our death. Hallelujah. Way better. Way better. Let's read this. Romans 5. Where sin increased, grace increased all the more. Grace, undeserved favor, right? It increased all the more so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness, right? Being right with God, righteousness, to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. His undeserved favor. And do you remember the words of John 3.16? Say them with me. Ready? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Okay, now you can say it alone without the mic. Ready? Go. Excellent. So Jesus is indeed essential for Christmas. When God gave us his son, he gave us everything. He gave us what he calls the indescribable gift. The indescribable gift. He was making a way to satisfy our deepest longings and yearnings in life and in death. Both. God gave us his son over 2,000 years ago, sending him to earth as the most precious child ever born on this planet. I know you think yours were. I know that. <laughs> but trust me, he's the most precious child ever born on this planet. But unlike our children, where we celebrate what they do in this life, we celebrate what Jesus did what he accomplished through his death. What he accomplished for you and me through his death. That may be an odd way of looking at Christmas, but we must remember that Jesus was born. God sent him into the world for the express purpose of dying. For the express purpose of dying. 
I remember a Christmas card I read years ago and I kept that said, if our greatest need was for information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need was for technology, God would have sent a scientist. If our greatest need was for pleasure, God would have sent an entertainer. If our greatest need was for money, God would have sent an economist. But since our greatest need was for forgiveness, God sent a savior, a redeemer. Even the Christ child's name pointed to his death. The name Jesus in Hebrew is Yeshua, is Yeshua, often translated as Joshua, and it means God saves. It means God saves. Jesus was a very common name in those days, sort of like Noah is right now and Michael still is, okay? Many boys were named Jesus in his day, but this Jesus was like none other. He was Jesus the Christ, and Jesus would truly live up to his name, Yeshua, God saves. He would die as the savior of the world. Now, I'm not saying that Jesus' life wasn't important. It was. He did come to earth to do what? To reveal God to mankind. He came to earth to do what? To teach truth. He came to earth to do what? To fulfill the law. To fulfill that prophecy. He came to earth to do what? To offer his kingdom. He came to show us how to live. He came to communicate God's love to us. He came to heal the sick. He came to minister to the needy. But all those reasons I just read are secondary. Those are all secondary to his ultimate purpose. Just think, all those things that I just read could have been done without him becoming human flesh. It could have been like Old Testament, where it was the angel of the Lord, and he could have come and done those things. But see, he had to come as a man. He had to come as a man. Because there was no salvation in his birth. There was no salvation in Jesus' birth. There is no salvation even in the sinless way that he walked through this earth. There's no redemptive force of its own just because Jesus was sinless. His example, as flawless as it was, could not rescue you, could not rescue me from our sins. Even his teaching, as he walked the earth, even his teaching, the greatest truth that's ever been revealed to men could not save us. It couldn't save us because there was a price that had to be paid for our stinking sin. There had to be a price paid. Someone had to die. And Jesus could do it. Romans 6.23 says what? For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Through whom? 
through Jesus, through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's why Christmas is absolutely essential. So he could be born with flesh. So he could be born with flesh and blood. So those soft little hands fashioned by the Holy Spirit inside Mary's womb were made so nails could be driven in them. His little baby feet, all pink and unable to walk, would one day walk up a dirty, dusty hill to be nailed on the cross. That sweet little infant's head, sparkling eyes, and eager mouth was formed so that someday men would push a crown of thorns onto it. That tender body, warm and soft, wrapped in swaddling clothes, would one day be ripped open by a spear. Jesus was born to die. For your stinking sin, for your stinking sin, and for mine. And the sin of all mankind. Hebrews 10, 5 through 7, gives us a picture of a farewell speech that must have taken place in heaven on that first Christmas Eve as Jesus was preparing to come to earth. Now, think about this. The triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, in eternity past, perfect love relationship forever and ever and ever and ever, eternity past. And then one day, Jesus stepped out of eternity and into time, into Mary's womb. There was a time and place when Jesus walked out of heaven and into the womb that was prepared for him. And this Hebrews 10, 5 through 7 reads very much like a goodbye message in which Jesus says to his father, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, Here I am. I've come to do your will, O God. See, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body prepared for me. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased. In the Old Testament, that's how they would have their sin covered over. There would have to be an innocent animal that would be sacrificed for a person's sin. But it wasn't forgiven. God would just cover over their sin. He would just cover over their sin. And Jesus is telling him, I know that that didn't please you, and you want to forgive their past, present, and future sin forever and ever and ever, and so I know you made a body for me, and I will go. I will go. Here I am. Here I am. I have come to do your will, oh God. Stepping out of eternity on Christmas Eve, and into Mary's womb. These verses give us a remarkable look at Jesus' heart. I love like his heart before his birth. 
You're looking at Jesus' heart before he was even born. And they show that he was entering the world to be the final and ultimate sacrifice for sin. His body had been divinely prepared by God specifically for that purpose. Talk about essential. So in essence, Jesus was born crucified. He was born crucified. Now I can hear some of your minds saying right now, hey, Margaret, you know what? I came here to be lifted up, like all those fun things that you showed and how funny Karen and, you know, and um, uh, Becky were and this, this, this and everything. You're really a downer with this, Margot. And you know what? Um, you know, I came to be lifted up with a Christmas message so I can go home and feel happy. I'm not trying to put a damper on your Christmas or your Christmas spirit. What I'm telling you about is the greatest victory over evil that's ever been achieved. The greatest victory over evil that's ever been achieved. Jesus walking out of eternity into time, into Mary's womb, to go to the crib, to go to the cross, to have it finished once and for all. So you and I could be restored and have a relationship with God the Father forever and ever and ever. Your condition of sin can be transformed from deeply stained to completely white as snow through Jesus Christ. When we studied Isaiah, one of our favorite verses was Isaiah 118. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Capital L-O-R-D, right? Yahweh God, personal name of God. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. What tremendous hope there is in God's forgiveness. We can really be clean from the stain of sin. Our good works cannot clean that stain. Our best intentions or promises cannot clean that stain. Our suffering or pain cannot clean that stain. Time can't clean that stain. Death cannot clean that stain. Only the work of Jesus can make us white as snow. We really, really can have a, a break from the past and a new beginning in Jesus Christ, just like I did when I was 31 years old. I had no victory in life until then, and I certainly would not have had any victory in death until I accepted what Jesus did for me on the cross. Not just what he did for my mom, who had been praying for me for years, and you know what she's been praying for me. Lord, don't give Margot any peace until the peace of Jesus rests in her. And not just, you know, for my two older sisters who already loved Jesus, but for me. Me. Putrid sinner. For me. I accepted him as my Savior. It's my redeemer. And my own faith was born. I wasn't trying to live off my mom's anymore or the pastor's or whatever. My own faith was born in him. And now I live life to the full, the abundant life that he came to give us and will move to heaven at just his appointed time. And I will live with him forever and ever and ever with the new heaven and the new earth. 
not wanting for anything. Not even that super duper gas station service set or even snow at Christmas. See, the power of my sin, the shame of my sin, the guilt of my sin, the domination of my sin, the pain of my sin was all taken away in Jesus Christ. There should have been a hallelujah there. Was all taken away in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Absolutely essential. Absolutely essential. So we celebrate essential Christmas. I know it's a takeoff on the words of the COVID time right now, but Jesus was absolutely necessary. Absolutely necessary, essential to be born as a baby for you and for me so he could shed his blood. Because without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. So we can be what? So we can be victorious in this life and we can be victorious in death. I want to close by reading a favorite poem of mine by Joe Briscoe, and it's called Divinity Wrapped in a Blanket. Divinity wrapped in a blanket, laid in the arms of the race, slept while his father kept silent, watching with tears on his face. The Godhead resides in a body, so weak and incredibly small, while angels bereft of their treasure Try to make sense of it all. Divinity wrapped in a baby. How simple, yet simply profound. Like the kings and the shepherds, I worship and bow myself down to the ground. Infinity chose to be finite. Omniscience made himself known. Omnipotence laid down his power. Emmanuel made my heart home. Unspeakable gifts softly spoken. Unimaginable love so clear. Immeasurable grace of the Father bringing us and all nations so near. Divinity wrapped in a blanket. Eternity visiting time. Stopped all the clocks in heaven. So God chose to make himself mine. So God chose to make himself mine. So where are you tonight with Jesus? He knows where you are with him. Where are you with him? I'm going to close in prayer. And uh, if you want to climb in prayer with me, if you don't know him, because all you have to do is accept him. He's like, waiting for you, and he'll say, what took you so long? I love you. I died for you. I live for you. Or maybe you want to, during this COVID time, maybe you want to renew that relationship. Because now, once again, you've sort of realized that maybe you've lost your first love, and now you've heard something that has stirred you to run back to his arms. So let's pray. Father God, thank you so much. Thank you that um, you sent your son. You sent your son to absolutely bring glorious gifts of freedom and joy and meaning to someone like me. 
it's really hard to imagine the kind of love and the kind of grace that you give to us. But you, God, are the God of amazing resources and unshakable plans before the foundation of the world, Lord. And so, God, Jesus, I just ask that you come into my heart, you come into my life, you be my savior, be my redeemer, lead me, forgive me of my old ways and my sin and establish your throne in me. Just like you, I want to do the will of the Father that has sent me. So I'm really excited to be able to prepare my heart for essential Christmas this year. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. And I just want to give a blessing over you from Ephesians 3. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask, think, or imagine. To him be the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's join Hannah Kerr. If I was there the night before And I heard them knocking at my turn them down and let them in on Christmas Eve in Bethlehem If I was watching o'er the fields when the angel of the Lord appeared Would I believe as the shepherds did
Will you turn him down or let him in For the day when Jesus comes again When we'll sing hallelujah at the time My name is Hannah Kerr, and this is my husband, Jason Early, and we are so excited to be with you virtually today. Thank you so much to Becky and Margot Fiesler Ministries for having me. I'm so honored to be part of your event and excited to share some of my favorite Christmas songs with you. I know you're going to know these, so you guys better stand up and sing along. Let's worship the Lord together and sing some great Christmas songs. This first one is Joy to the World. Let's sing it out together. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and gives me so much joy and reminds me what Christmas is all about, receiving our King and praising Him for being with us. The next song that we're going to sing is one of my favorites. It's called Angels We Have Heard on High. And this song's always been one of my favorite Christmas songs. And my brothers and I, when we were young, we used to have competitions of who could hold the long Gloria note the longest. And I don't think that I can do it to this day. So... 
I guess we'll just continue the tradition now. This is Angels We Have Heard on High. Here we go. Angels we have heard on high Sweetly singing o'er the plains And the mountains in reply Echoing their joyous strains Gloria In job. <laughs> Shepherds, why this jubilee? Why your glorious strains prolong? Would the gladsome tidings be which inspire your heavenly song? Oh, 
that one more time, just our voices. Oh, come let us adore Him, Christ the Lord. Thank you guys so much. God bless you, and I hope you have an amazing Christmas season. Well, that's it. Thanks for joining us in MFM Essential Christmas because Jesus is everything we ever need for life and everything we ever need for death. And how great is that? By the way, we start up again January 4th with our MFM Bible Studies. I teach three every week. And so we'd love to have you join us either you know, online or come and see us. So go to margofiesler.com and check out Bible studies. And Merry Christmas.